Hello and welcome to Unsportsmanlike Commentary, the ultimate football podcast with real, honest, uncensored conversation. Tyler, mm. no? Is it? I mean... Is it? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Someone was acting a little PC last night. Yeah, the producer of the show was uh, vetoing some things last night. Uh, I know that caused you some stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How's your day going, Tyler? Well, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Family's in town. It's wonderful. I'm trying to hide. Well, it's. Uh, Want to wish all our listeners out there a happy Halloween. Wonderful. How, how do you feel about this holiday? Are you fucking kidding me? We're here to talk about fantasy football, and you want to talk about holidays? I just want to know: Do you like Halloween or not? Like, are you a fan? I don't know. I don't care. You don't care. All I, right. I don't. Whatever. I got a kid. I'm going to take her trick or treating later, and that's going to be the end of it. Uh, yeah, it is. That is how it goes. Uh, well, let's go ahead and talk about football. So, we're going to start today as, as you know. For those of you who've been listening to our show, this is our obviously our day for fantasy football picks. We're going to let you guys know top 15 quarterbacks, top 20. No, excuse me, top 12 quarterbacks, top 20 receivers, top 20 running backs, and top 12 tight ends. So let's go ahead and start with the quarterbacks. Tyler, give me a rundown of your list. All right. At one, I have Aaron Rodgers. Uh-huh. Two, Russell Wilson. Three, Patrick Mahomes. Four, Ryan Tannehill. Five, Carson Wentz. Six, Lamar Jackson. Seven, Josh Allen. Eight, Tom Brady. Nine, Justin Herbert. 10, Joe Burrow, 11, Derek Carr, and at 12, I have Jared Goff. All right. It was a bit difficult this week uh, making our picks. I know we were talking about this earlier with Atlanta and Carolina already having played. Uh, we did not include any of their players in any of our picks, uh, any position for the week, uh, which this is like one of the first times since we started the podcast where we actually had fantasy-relevant teams or players playing on uh, Thursday night matchup. So it did make our list a little, little different. My, my list does match up with yours a little bit, but there's, there are going to be some discrepancies. Number one, I have Aaron Rodgers, and number two, Russell Wilson. Okay. We can agree on that. And number three, I have Ryan Tannehill. Number four, Josh Allen. Number five, Lamar Jackson. Six, Justin Herbert. Seven, Carson Wentz. Eight, Tom Brady. Nine, Joe Burrow. 10, Derek Carr. 11, Patrick Mahomes, and 12, Jared Goff. Really, you're that down on Mahomes. It's, and I, under, not, like, it's I understand not, it's it's the matchup. Yeah. I get that, but. I just feel like there's a very, very strong chance he's not going to even make more than 15 throws, and he will just be handing the ball off after, after halftime. I mean, maybe, but fucking. Last week, I had him ranked number eight, right? And I know that we spent some time talking about that. Well, he finished as QB 23 for that week. Okay. I mean, he, he just doesn't have a good track record this year of putting up big numbers in games that Kansas city is expected to easily win. I mean, I toyed with putting Tannehill above Mahomes. I just, mm-hmm. if you have Patrick Mahomes, as your starting quarterback on your roster and you've got like a Derek Carr or a Jared Goff, I mean, you could make the argument, but it like, dude, it's, it's tough 
to bench a Patrick Mahomes, especially when he's a player that you spent most people spent a second to fourth round pick on. I yeah. mean, there's some dummies that took him in the first round, but I mean, I don't know. You're you'd be you'd be hard pressed to make the argument to put Mahomes in or Derek Carr or Jared Goff in over a Patrick Mahomes. But I see your point. I do. It's just like there's always that potential that even in a bad matchup, because we even saw it a little bit at the end of last week's game when they were playing. <clears throat> Who the fuck were they playing? It was a bad team. Uh, Kansas City that you yeah. had against the Broncos. Okay, right. Yeah. So they had the game in hand. Mahomes hadn't done shit the whole game. And then end third quarter, they find themselves in the red zone and they're fucking thrown on first down. So I, I think the potential's there. I see your point. I see your argument. I just out of the top 10, it, it, I, I don't, I, I can't agree with that. So I think that if you have him on your team, you definitely got to start him. His floor is going to be safe, right? He's going to sure. get you a, a safe floor. Um, but I think this is a game that you could very well see him have, you know, one or two touchdowns and a couple hundred yards passing. And that's because that's all they need to beat right. the Jets. Uh, but let's go ahead. And, uh, I had Josh Allen at number four. I think you had him at six, correct? I had him at seven. We had him at seven. And to make you even angrier, uh-huh. he's my bust for this week. Really? Yes. Against New England, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I brought this point up last night when we were doing the game picks. Mm-hmm. Even though I have Buffalo covering, three career games against the Patriots, Josh Allen's completed 48.4% of his passes for 192 passing yards per game with three touchdowns, five picks. Now – like I said last night, those defenses that he faced those first three games were much better. You know, you you had uh, Dante Hightower, you had um, fucking Patrick Chung. You you had a solid defense, and Bill Belichick is a defensive minded coach. Um, but this is a week, even with like the names, some of the names that are popping up in our list that you know. Most of the time you won't see, like, really, there's only one in Derek Carr. Like, Derek Carr's really never made any of my top 12 picks. Um, I could just, I looking at matchups around the league, I could easily see Allen falling out of the top 10. And uh, you're, you're, you've also, like, you, the, the New England's been beaten and battered the last two weeks yeah. by two opponents that aren't that, <clears throat> aren't that good. Mm-hmm. Including, say, you can't. I mean, I'm not saying San Francisco is not a good team, but they're not a healthy team for mm-hmm. sure. And they got their asses handed to them. But you got the Bills, and this might, I, it could either help or hurt them, you know, coming off a really, really bad game against the Jets in a win. Um, so we'll see. I, I could easily see Allen falling out of the top 10, though, this week. I, I, I don't. And it's because the Bills have been so, uh, unreliable in the run game that they, they need Allen to move the ball. They, they can't move the ball without Allen. I feel like if uh, he's not getting done with his arm, he's going to get him down with his legs. He's going to, he's going to get fantasy points. Uh, and I, I think that he is a pretty, I think he's a pretty good lock for a top five finish. Mm. So how do you feel about Lamar Jackson's game this week? I have him at six. Mm-hmm. It's a really tough matchup. Uh, going up against Pittsburgh, but Lamar Jackson is a multi, he's a dual threat quarterback. 
he he can burn you with his arm he can burn you with his legs even though he hasn't looked super impressive in the past game this year Mm -hmm. um but pittsburgh's gonna keep it up tempo this is gonna be a high scoring game um I like him at six. I could see him in the top. F- I you I I could see him in the top five if Tannehill and Wentz didn't have really good matchups. Um, but I mean, Jackson's gonna take a lick or two, and I can easily see him being uh like almost pushed into making one or two mistakes with the ball, whether it be fumbling or interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I. He's the better of the two quarterbacks, but the Steelers' defense is way too real. Even if they're missing T.J. Watt this week, he's questionable to play. Even even with that, their their secondary is legit. Their front seven's still legit. I've got the Steelers winning this game as my upset pick. I also I've been saying that I I think Lamar Jackson's a safe top seven eight finish even regardless of the matchup i agree with that i have justin herbert at six i think you had him at nine i like justin herbert playing against denver i actually i i had a i really toyed with number six putting either justin herbert there or carson wentz uh carson wentz is a great matchup against dallas oh yeah uh the the only thing though is it's just hard to trust carson wentz it is i mean he he's gonna probably put up some big numbers i have no doubt about that um, but he's going to, he's going to make some mistakes. And it's a question of how big are those mistakes going to be? How much are they going to cost him fantasy wise? Uh, Justin Herbert, on the other hand, has been balling out, had almost 40 fantasy points last week. Mm-hmm. And he's been, he, he has been actually playing very consistently well in the fantasy game. So I went, I went ahead and snuck Justin Herbert in there at number six. Um, how do you feel? Also, I like Joe Burrow. How do you feel about that against Tennessee, who just had a, a pretty pretty porous secondary so far this year? I had I have Burrow right behind Herbert. Um, Burrow's really only had one kind of a dud game, much like Herbert. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I love Tennessee's offense. I'm not a, I'm not super high on their defense though, and I think. Tennessee's going to score points, so it's going to force Joe Burrow into getting the ball downfield. Um, they're out Joe Mixon again, but, you know, you've got Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green starting to come back to life a little bit. Uh, T. Higgins, like those are three good receiving options for for Joe Burrow. And I could – I could I had him at 10, and I could – I very well – I actually believe Burrow will be a top 10 finish this week. I agree. I have him at nine. Um, we already talked about Patty Mahomes. Uh, I think that also we got Derek Carr, Jared Goff there towards the bottom of our lists. And uh, I like Derek Carr's matchup against Cleveland. Um, I do too. I, I don't love Goff's matchup against Miami, but since he is playing against a, you know, Tua who is in his very first game, I do think that the Rams are going to have a considerable domination on, on time of possession, which uh, inevitably will give him more opportunities to make plays. Yes, and I think Miami's offense. I, I, I two is going to have Darnold in his face the whole game, mm-hmm. and he's two is going to take two or three sacks from Darnold alone. Um, yeah, 
and he's he's gonna this is his first game where he's he's gonna be playing at NFL fucking speed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I like Goff to finish somewhere top 12, 14 range. Right. Um, circling back around though, really quick to to Wentz. He's had I think a lot of people have been looking at and it's 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 a hard thing not to do. You look at the Eagles and you look at how bad they've played in a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz has actually been putting up good numbers. He has. For the last five weeks in standard scoring, he's gone above 20 four out of five times. And that one time he didn't, he scored 19. Right. And he's almost hit 30 the last two, the last right. two weeks. And you, you, you're talking about like, especially like, cause I, I, I have went in, in our money league. And mm-hmm. I remember talking to you like week two and three, like, dude, I'm getting ready to fucking cut sling load with this guy. Like I, 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 I I don't know what to do. And I know a lot of people felt that way. And a lot of people pulled the trigger, but why there were a lot of people who pulled the trigger, like over the last two weeks, which makes no sense. Right. Last two weeks, he puts up 29 against Baltimore, 28 against the the giants. This is, and we're going this is the part of the schedule when you want him because he has the Dallas Cowboys. Then he has a bye. Then he has the giants. Then he has Cleveland. Then he has Seattle, green Bay, new Orleans, Arizona and then Dallas to finish out the year. This is the time of the year where you want Carson Wentz. You think he should be a trade target for people in their leagues? Yeah, and he's a, he's a buy, he's a he's he's a buy low target because if there's people who have him and have a better what they consider a better option, there's a lot of people who are not high on Wentz right now who should be. Yeah, he's injury prone and doesn't have much of an O line, and he's running for his fucking life pretty much every goddamn down. Mm-hmm. But his schedule, the rest of the way, is exactly like this is exactly what you want. You got three more games against the the NFC East, both two of them against the Cowboys, the Giants, and then you get Cleveland and Seattle back-to-back weeks. Those are so, two bottom five pass teams. So before we get too high on, on Carson Wentz, there is one thing when you look at his stats, it's a bit of a red flag. And that is, you, you, like you said, four out of the last five games, he's gotten over 20 points uh, in standard scoring, which for, mm-hmm. for quarterbacks, usually standard PPR is more or less the same. Um, however, every one of those games where he got over 20, they had something in common. He had a rushing touchdown. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how sustainable it is to expect him to get a rushing touchdown every week. He has he, five. He has five rushing touchdowns on the year. Correct. And in the He's, games where he has not had a rushing touchdown, he has not hit 20 points. He is not getting it done through the air. He's getting, he's getting his points. I mean, he is getting some level of production through the air, obviously, but the reason that he's looked really good these last few weeks, it's because of his legs. Um, and and when you're getting six points for a rushing touchdown each game, that I think artificially inflates the value because I don't see that being a sustainable thing he's going to get week in and week out. Well, you ha- you also have to take a look at those games where he wasn't doing a whole lot through the air. You have to look at the defense he was defenses he was playing. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, the Rams. San Francisco even, because he didn't do shit in that San Francisco game through the air until the fourth quarter. Right. Like, the rest of his schedule, for the most part, 
is a cakewalk because they're going up against bottom five. They go up against three bottom five passing teams, passing mm-hmm. defense teams, so to say. Somehow Dallas is only 11th, which makes no sense, but you get that's two for, games That's the them. quarterback points that you're looking at. Sure. Okay. Yeah. But – Because they bleed all over the place, so, you know, the, the, that's the, what the ex- yardage could spread around. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm – Carson Wentz is a from from week eight to seventeen. For me, he is like a top six. Uh, yeah, I can't, I'm staying with top six quarterback the rest of the way. All right. So let's look at your bus and sleepers. Um, I know that we talked about Carson Wentz uh, quite extensively there. Do you have anyone else that you see surprising uh, or performing at a really high level that we didn't mention as a sleeper? Um, I, I got two. one. I have, I have two. One that, uh, yeah, both of them. I'm kind of you know it could go either way with both, but there is upside for both of the okay. both of these guys. You got Garoppolo against Seattle. Okay. And he's not great at getting the ball downfield. Sure, Seattle of, defense. Yeah. I mean, say no more. it's Seattle and any dude. quarterback against Seattle defense has a shot. I'd be in a and that, and that, and that's sure. a Seattle defense. That's going to be missing potentially six starters on the defensive side of the ball. So it's like, you couldn't get worse. Well, now you're about to. All right. Um, I mean, he hasn't been great through much of this year, but I like Phillip rivers potential upside in the matchup against Detroit. Sure. Yeah. Um, Detroit's bad enough uh, defensively and good enough offensively. They're going to push the Colts to have to score, and they're right. going to they're going to give the Colts opportunities to pass the ball. Correct. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, the sleeper I got here, looking at his matchup, you wouldn't think he's much of a sleeper, but I got Big Ben. Um, he's currently rated uh, 19 uh, by the experts. He didn't play against the Ravens last year, but. If you go back before that, the last four games he had against the Ravens, he is actually in, in all those years, the Ravens had tough defenses, just like they do this year. He averages 314 yards a game, one and a half touchdowns, half an interception on 47 and a half attempts and has scored uh 25 and a half points a game. The, the Ravens and Steelers for as good as they are defensively, both teams when they have played each other, have not been historically very low-scoring games. These are games that usually have outcomes where teams are scoring in the 20s and 30s. Right. So there is going to be offense happening in this game, and Big Ben is going to be getting a share of that. Uh, Obviously, he's not playing as well as he used to. He's definitely taken a step back. He's definitely lost a little bit of his game. But he's going to do well enough to put him as a top 15 quarterback this week. I see it. Um, he's if you're if you're desperate for a streamer pick up big ben uh, yes uh, i i I like everything you're saying big ben puts that ball into harm's way a lot Mm -hmm. and you got he got picked off twice in the second half against tennessee and the red zone no less yes one of them being in the end zone yeah um i and then it's this the, the the Ravens are a defense you can't really afford to make a mistake to and give the ball back to Lamar Jackson in that offense very quick. Um, I don't know. I 
I, I just see the game flow, like the way that Steelers and Baltimore have played, especially the last, you know, handful, handful of games over the past several years uh, where, where Big Ben was healthy. I'm not, I'm not looking at last year where Big Ben didn't play against them. Uh, they have put up points, both teams, and they have been higher scoring games than people realize, despite both teams having uh, that defensive presence, that defensive reputation. Yeah, the potential is there. I, I'm just I'm weary a little bit on throwing him in front of a couple of other names that are probably available. The potential is there, though. You know who's going to be available most likely in most in most leagues, uh, Baker Mayfield, and he is my bust for this week, uh, just because I think that people are going to look at his game from last week, which was a very good game, and I gave credit where credit was due last week. He's not going to repeat that performance against Las Vegas this week. Uh, I just don't see it happening. No, you're right. I have <sighs> been saying it week in, week out, week in, week out. Yep. Yep. But this has got to be the fucking week that Kareem Hunt takes over. It has to be. You're going up against a really bad Raiders defense against the run. Mm hmm. They're allowing 1.68 rushing touchdowns per game. That's bottom three in the league. Like Kareem Hunt needs to be the bell cow and he needs to be the focal point of this team because right. Mayfield doesn't string together really good games. He has a good game and then fucking completely shits the fucking bed. Yeah, correct. Correct. Um, so do you have any other busts or that you would like to identify? No, I'm I'm good. I'm good okay. quarterbacks. We covered a lot. We did. All right. So we're gonna do the running back segment next. We'll see exactly where Tyler has Kareem Hunt in his list. Uh I think I know where you have him. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna just you don't have to tell me, but that that, I'm just gonna, that I'm position gonna, I'm, I'm holding numbers. Tell, no. No? I'm it's it's a little lower than most would think really? based on his how high he's been rated the last couple of weeks and the production, that type of production he hasn't been able to put out yet. All right. Well, we'll find out in the next segment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. It is time to talk about running backs. Tyler, we were talking about Kareem Hunt in the last segment. I am very curious and eager to see where you got him in your list. Go ahead and go ahead and break it down for me. All right. At one, I'll do the top 10 right now and then we can get into the, 11 through 20. Um, I got Derek Henry at one. Mm -hmm. Alvin Kamara at two. Mm -hmm. He's questionable to play right now, but if he's a go, I have Dalvin Cook at three. Correct. Okay. I have Jonathan Taylor at four. Kareem Hunt at five. Mm -hmm. Josh Jacobs at six. Clyde Edwards Hilaire at seven. Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott at eight. James Conner at nine. Ronald Jones at 10. Okay. So our top six looks pretty similar. Um, little, little shuffling around. I have Henry and Kamara one, two. Yep. Uh, we agree on that. I do have Kareem hunt at number three, uh, just because Las Vegas is such a juicy run matchup. But I know, I know that you being a Kareem hunt fantasy owner, you got some apprehension about the way he's performed the past few weeks. So I understand why you might slide Dalvin cook into the number three spot. I have no issue with Dalvin Cook there. Mm -hmm. However, I do think that he's not going to have the same load, especially when you have a quality backup running back like Alexander Madison. Uh, I could definitely see Dalvin Cook's touches not being quite the same. Um, but I, I still, 
his potential is still through the roof every every game. I mean, every time Dalvin Cook gets the ball, he can take it to the house. So he's at four for me. Josh Jacobs at five. Jonathan Taylor at six. I have Zeke at seven. Jamal Williams at eight. Clyde Edwards-Alaire at nine. And Boston Scott at ten. Okay. Um I'm assuming Jamal Williams is so high for you. I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't uh, done a, another checkup on it. I'm assuming Aaron Jones is out. As of right now, it looks like Jamal Williams will be the starting back. Okay, that's why I have Jamal Williams not as high. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I made, I, I made this list assuming he was starting. Okay, I did the same thing. <clears throat> Jamal Williams comes in at 11 for me. Um, I don't even feel confident about Zeke in the top 10. I don't. He's looked really bad. He has. I think the only thing that puts him there is you have to figure with, I mean, they're rolling. I think they're rolling Danucci out it as a starting quarter. Danucci starting. Which, uh, there, there's a name that we never thought we'd, we'd be knowing a week ago, but sure. Yeah, we do. And he's starting, and I think they're going to have to just hand the ball off a lot to Zeke. I think there's going to be a lot of volume there for him. Yeah, but and that kind of and Philly it, isn't particularly good at stopping the run, so well, you know, there's there, some potential there. Therein lies the problem. Mm-hmm. You figure going into this game with a guy like Ben DiNucci starting at quarterback, that the focus is to take the pressure off him and get the get your game plan going through the run game. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott, even with volume, hasn't looked good this year no, at all. And he's looked worse since his fucking starting line has gone out. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard to see a situation where Philly doesn't load the box. Sure. And so I don't think this is going to be a very productive game for Zeke, but if Dallas can find the way um, to getting into the red zone, I do think uh, he might have he has a, a shot at punching one in. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, he is going to have volume that most guys that are I have ranked below him aren't going to have. So for that reason alone, and Philly again, Philly uh, has shown us that they are able to disappoint you in so many ways. That's the, so you, many ways. You are you are correct. It's just who's been more disappointing, Dallas or Philadelphia. <sighs> I think Dallas. It's Dallas. Yeah. It's not a I think. It is absolutely Dallas. I mean, yes. Yeah. As when, of right when, now, yes. But, but no, I think, no, no. Hold when on. You're ta- oh, God. Hold on. When Dak got hurt, then yeah, obviously it was going to be a disappointing season. That, that they have no shot of them having any kind of redemption to the year. All right. If Dak were still playing, I think it'd be arguable which one which one it was. But sure, Dallas has had a more disappointing season. Um, but it's not like Philly has exactly impressed. They haven't. But Dallas was being toted as a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. Even with Dak, they were not winning games that they were supposed to. They could have easily been 0-4 mm-hmm. with Dak. Now – looking at how Dallas has played without him shows that yeah, Dak's the focal point of that team and he should have been paid, but uh, no, I, nobody was talking about the Eagles being a Super Bowl team. 
everybody 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 was high on the fucking cowboys just like they are every year but every year they find a way to disappoint you it's just it came early this year it did it did um boston scott i think has a great matchup this week against that dallas against that dallas defense yeah yeah, yeah boston scott's i can't remember did you have him in your top 10 no i have him at 12 okay so um but i think he, he definitely has a, a good shot at finishing as a, a low-end rb1 uh, regardless, I think we can agree on that. Yeah, that'd be as high as I'd really rank him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking he's probably going to – it'll be more of a high-end RB2 type of game for Boston Scott. But, sure. I mean, the, the opportunity's there for him. Yeah. He's playing a fucking leaky defense. Yep. And the real, the real only – the only real problem for Boston Scott to get that RB1 value is the fact that they have no O-line. Correct. Correct. Um, so go ahead and give me your uh, second part of your list. Okay. So 11, like I said, I have Jamal Williams. Mm-hmm. 12, I have Boston Scott. 13, I have Miles Gaskin. 14, Daryl Henderson. 15, David Montgomery. 16, Giovanni Bernard. 17, Melvin Gordon. 18, DeAndre Swift. 19, Jamichael Hasty. And at 20, Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> hey, our, our lists are are very similar. Um, a little little flip flopping here and there, but at number eleven, I got James Conner. Twelve, I got Ronald Jones. Thirteen, Daryl Henderson. Fourteen, Miles Gaskin. Fifteen, Gio Bernard. Sixteen, Dave Montgomery. Seventeen, DeAndre Swift. Eighteen, Michael Hasty. Nineteen, Melvin Gordon. And at twenty, I also have Le'Veon Bell. I have Le'Veon as one of my sleepers this week. Um, coming in at twenty, the potential is that I'm not. He's it's not a top ten finish. Um, could I see a top fifteen finish for him? Yes. They're playing the Jets, the team that he played for two weeks ago. Revenge game. I could see uh like a third, halfway through the third quarter. You know, they've got a sizable lead and the Jets are doing absolutely nothing to try and get into the game. Um, I could see a drive that consistently features Le'Veon Bell where he picks up 60 ground yards and, and a touchdown, which those stats are good enough to have potentially finished as a top 15. Sure. Um, I don't want him to, to top, finish top 15. I don't want him as one of my sleepers, but I, I can't deny the matchup and the potential for Andy Reed to allow Le'Veon Bell to be super fucking super goddamn fucking petty against a team that he, I mean, yeah, he's, is a bad organization, but Le'Veon Bell didn't help either taking all his bullshit to social media to like, almost like Antonio Brown, like, mm-hmm. Um, and fucking crying, especially on a team that he did virtually nothing for. Yeah, I, I have a hard time putting Le'Veon Bell as a, as a sleeper because I do have him rated at 20. That's pretty close to where the experts have him as well. Uh, they have him at 24, I believe. But when you take out uh, Mike Davis from Carolina and uh, Todd Gurley from Atlanta, that essentially makes him the 22nd back. We have him at 20. I'm not really seeing him. I think that's about as good of a days he'll have. I don't know that he's going to get much better than top 20 finish, but I do have a couple of guys that I like as sleepers. 
One of them is Zach Moss from Buffalo. Devin Singletary, I think, is on the way out as far as losing his starting role. Uh, he has had three unproductive weeks on the ground, failing to reach 40 yards in all those games. And another uh, running back that is challenging the starting back is Leonard Fournette uh, for the Buccaneers. And uh, it, there is a lot of discussion. He's already been claimed as the nickel back. That's what they, uh, Bruce Arians said this week. So he will be taking down all passing down responsibilities. And there is discussion that he might be taking uh, a bigger cut into Ronald Jones's carries, if not becoming the starter sooner rather than later. Um, so I do think that he has a nice uh, he has a, a, a nice path to getting at least a score and some and some decent yardage. I I like your pick for uh, for Fournette as a sleeper. Um, you also have to assume that like, yeah, you down, you, 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 you put the tag of Nickelback on the, uh, on a Leonard Fournette saying like, he's our every, he's our passing catch back. Well, no, Ronald Jones will still get some involvement in the pass game sure. because you can't, you can't say that roll him out there and go up. Oh, yeah. See, they're going to pass because Fournette's on the field now. Right. Right. Um, I, I have a hard time believing that Fournette's going to cut at least over the next couple of weeks. And if Ronald Jones really starts to fall off, he's been productive. Uh, last week, yeah, he finished with 9.6 standard points, but I mean, he put up three double digit games in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Ronald Jones has looked good uh, as the first and second down back. And I, I don't see him at over at least over the next couple of weeks. If 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 Jones's production starts to drop and Fournette starts to rise, then yeah, I could see that potentially being more of a of an issue. But as of right now, I'm I'm rolling Ronald Jones over Fournette for at least the next couple of weeks. So, sure. Here's the interesting thing: is last week Ronald Jones got 13 rushes, uh, 13 rushes, had 34 yards was targeted twice, one catch for two yards. He did get a touchdown, which saved his fantasy day. Uh, he only had, though, 36 yards from scrimmage, finished as the 23rd running, uh, top 23 running back. All right. Leonard Fournette, however, significantly outperformed him and outtouched him, too. He had 11 rushes for 50 yards, so definitely beat him on the ground. And in the passing game, caught six out of seven targets for 47. They finished just about even. He finished at 21. They had roughly the same amount of fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Um, Leonard Fournette having like a fraction a, a bit more. Didn't get the didn't get the end zone. But that was really all that separated uh, Leonard Fournette and uh, Ronald Jones from having wildly different games was that touchdown. It looks like they're starting to get more of like Fournette is earning those touches. I mean, yes we can, I mean, we can reassess this situation following this week because mm-hmm. they play the giants on Monday night. So like when we get into the recap, we can brush over this and look at their snap counts and their touch totals and shit like that. Um, but I mean, it, at least for this week, I'm rolling Ronald Jones over Leonard Fournette, And I, he is still, he is still listed as a starting back in the depth yeah. chart. So yeah, he yeah. should still be getting the early, early down work. Um, the volume should still be there for him another week. But if he has, a, I think if Leonard Fournette has another week like he had last week where he's just doing a lot more with less touches, 
uh, especially on the ground. I, I think that his starting position is definitely in jeopardy. Sure. Um, another guy, I mean, I don't, my other sleeper, <clears throat> and I've talked him up on this podcast, and this is really, this is going to be his first chance to get some RB1 fucking looks. Jamichael Hasty. Raheem Mostert out. Tevin Coleman, his practice window has opened, mm-hmm. but no. Jeff Wilson to the IR. Next man up is Jamichael Hasty. They still have uh, McKinnon there, correct? He's still playing. Yeah, but you saw how out you saw the lack of touches he got. Yeah, but that that's the thing about this uh, the Niners though. You you can't you can't ever predict who is going to be their back. Okay, with the exception of Mostert, because Mostert yeah. has more or less secured that. But yes. up until this season where Mostert secured that lead back role, there were a lot of times where you were like, all right, it's going to be Matt Brietta this week, and then Mostert took all the touches. Or you thought it was going to be Mostert, and then Brietta takes all the touches. Or Tevin Coleman, right? Like They had like a, a revolving door of running backs. Um, I remember the very first game Mostert played for the Niners as far as when he got his first actual carry. And it was right after Matt Brietta had a 100-yard and one-score game. And Brietta got like three touches that game, and Mostert just got all of them. It was just out of left field. This is the type of stuff Kyle Shanahan does. He will play one running back one week and then play the other the next week, especially when there's no clearly defined top back. And while Mostert's out, that's how I view this backfield. Sure, but... You're, that's when he has a plethora of running backs to choose from. Kyle Shanahan doesn't – he does not have that option right now. You, Mostert's out. Jeff Wilson Jr.'s out, who stole all the touches last week. Mm-hmm. Well, not all. Hasty saw nine touches. <clears throat> um, uh, and Tevin Coleman, has he's practiced limited base a couple times this week. I don't see him being a go. But McKinnon's not effective in the run game. He's not. He's effective in the pass game. But he he's not a guy you can send up the middle. Jamichael Hasty is. He's quick. He's fast. He's a one cut up the field. He's rated. Well, I have him at 18. I forget. I know he's in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 in the the. the I have my 18th. Okay, yeah. so they have my 18 as well. <clears throat> this is a guy who I could easily see finishing top 12. Easily. Excuse me. They have them right at 20. Um, okay. But that, but okay. But you take out, you take out uh, the two guys from, from mm-hmm. the game on Thursday, then he's at 18. Yeah. 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 I could, this, the, Jamichael Hasty is a top 12 finish is very, very, a very reasonable expectation. Okay. So what about busts? I have one this week. Yeah. Is it Devin Singletary? It is not. Devin Singletary is not even in my top 20. That's why. So he he's not in my top 20 either. He is rated by the experts at 25, which has him as like a low-end RB2. Uh, no, I'm sorry. No, he is a desperation flex play at this point. And if you expect him to give you more than five fantasy points this week, uh, you're, you're, you're smoking something. Devin Singletary is going to – this is the week Zach Moss is going to take over his starting role. Yeah, Devin Singletary's kind of made his way onto my pay no mind list, mm-hmm. um, especially with the talent he has because he's a talented fucking running back. It's just sure. he's pissed away all his opportunities to be the number one. He had yes. to battle last year 50-50 with Frank Gore. Now Frank Gore's out. Okay, 
now's your time to take the the RB1 role, and he hasn't. So mm-hmm. he is a pay-no-mind for me at this point. My bust this week is David Montgomery. Playing New Orleans, who are a good, good run, run defense. defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, fuck, dude. This the whole Chicago offense is a fucking question mark. Mm-hmm. We thought it was going to get better when Trubisky got taken out of the lineup. It hasn't. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty much stayed the same mm-hmm. as far as production for all skill positions. Montgomery's value hasn't gone up. Allen Robinson's value hasn't gone up. And they're without Allen Robinson this week. He's listed as doubtful, but that means he's out. Um, he's in the concussion protocol that he's he entered concussion protocol, but he is actually the, I think it got upgraded to questionable. I, I don't see, I do not see him playing tomorrow. Um, but I mean, fuck, even if he does, he, he, the only, really the only person's fucking fantasy value that's even raised a little bit of an uptick was Jimmy Graham. And that's because Jimmy Graham was taking every red zone look away from everyone else. Um, He's only David Montgomery's only gone over 10 points twice this year in standard scoring. His best game was against the giants. And that was 18.7 points. And I do have an update. Sorry to interrupt you. Alan Robinson has cleared concussion protocol. He is designated to play Sunday oh. against New Orleans. Uh, of course he is. I've already taken him out of my fucking, out of our fucking work league lineup. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, no, oh, he's supposed to play. And I replaced him with fucking old Scooter Miller. <laughs> you never know. Scotty Miller's going to either do something amazing or nothing at all. He had an amazing game last week, so he it's did. probably going to be nothing. Absolutely. That's what's um, tracking. Yep. Now, the Chicago offense as a whole continues to have a hard time of moving the ball downfield on a somewhat consistent basis. With Montgomery, he's rated inside the 15. Mm-hmm. I see him towards the bottom half of that 20, and and that's – I don't see him punching in a touchdown. I'd say he's somewhere within the 20 to 25 range this week. Yeah, I got him at 16. I think that's a pretty fair evaluation of him. Um, I, yeah, well, we'll see. I, I'm curious to see how DeAndre Swift does this week. Uh, he he is – he has made – he has earned – the clear-cut number one running back uh, position there in Detroit. He has done pretty good things the last couple of weeks, but he is up against a very tough Indianapolis run defense. So we'll see if he can find any success. That'll be one that I'm, I'm curious to see uh, how he does. I have him at 17, and I think you had him in that similar ballpark. I, ha- I have him at 17 as well. Okay. Um, he's got a rough matchup, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's got a rough matchup going up against Indy. I. Yeah. I don't know. That 17 to 20 range is probably where I'd keep him. But that Andy defense has been a bit leaky these last couple of weeks. They haven't been quite as good as they were the first few weeks of the season. So we'll see. Coming off a bye, we'll see yeah, what happens. We'll see. We'll see there. We'll fix that, fix that stuff up. Um, all right. Anything else you got to say for running backs? Nope. Nope. All right, let's move on. Next up, we got wide receivers. Stay tuned. That's coming up after this. Welcome back, everybody. It's time to talk about the wide receivers. Tyler, give me your top 10. All right. Starting with the top 10. Mm-hmm. Devontae, number one. Okay. A.J. Brown, number two. Tyree Kill at three. 
I have Metcalf and Lockett at four and five. Galladay at six. Adam Thielen at seven. Keenan Allen at eight. Mike Evans at nine. Stefan Diggs at 10. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we agree on, on quite a bit, actually. Also, Devontae Adams at one. I have DK Metcalf at two and AJ Brown at three. Tyreek Hill at four, just because there, there's just such a real possibility that Tyreek Hill doesn't see much action in the second half. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, I have Kenny Galladay at five, Adam Thielen at six, Keenan Allen at seven, Stefan Diggs at eight, Tyler Lockett at, at nine. And I get what you're saying, like with Lockett and Metcalf, kind of that four or five mm-hmm. where you haven't rated. I get that. Uh, I, I just – that's where we always like to put them because it's so hard to predict which one's going to have the better day, given that Lockett just went off and Metcalf had a quiet day, statistically speaking. I think it's Metcalf's turn, you know, so I'm going to roll with Metcalf on this one. I put Lockett at nine and I got Travis Fulgham at 10 with uh, just a wonderful matchup there against Dallas. Yeah. I mean, Fulgham's not too far behind after 10. Um, like you said, man, Metcalf, Lockett, it's a toss-up. They're both going to be top 10 plays this week. Well, top 15. Right. Both will be top 15. One um, will be top five. One will be top 15, most likely. So, obviously, that one playing out. I, I, like, I like Lockett's ability to cut through the middle of the field with his speed and agility. Metcalf, obviously, is a fucking – throw it up and go get it type. And he's fast. I mean, fuck, he showed it against Arizona fucking <laughs> running down Buda Baker on the like, fucking pick six. If being um, a wide receiver doesn't pan out for him, he will have a, a future as a cornerback. <laughs> but Metcalf is really coming around as a receiver. And actually that was his first game of the season where he had less than 90 yards. He has been one of the most consistent players and he has, like as much as you know, I know you said he's one of those guys you just throw it up, go get it. Yeah, absolutely, he can he can do that. But he has uh, not quite on Lockett's level, but he has gotten better at running uh, the type of round routes that you would uh, run from the slot. Yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he has grown uh, hmm. as far as his actual skill set. Yes. Well, um, I mean, me pairing them four or five dropped Galladay for me. Galladay's also got a tough matchup. I mean, they're going to have to throw to stay competitive in this game. So that heavily favors Galladay's, you know, his, his ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you and I both agreed on Thielen though. I have him at six. Okay. I have, I have him at seven. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, honestly, our lists are almost identical. I just moved Tyler Lockett down a bit. True. Yeah. I, I, the flip-flop we had in the, in the top though, you had Metcalf at two. Uh huh. Yeah. I had, and I put AJ Brown at two. I love AJ Brown, AJ Brown's matchup against Cincy there. Not only is it, it, it's, it's, it's a huge fit. It's the same reason why Tannehill's rated so high. Mm Um, but in a difference, when you're talking about Tyreek being in the top five and going, well, he might not get used in the second half. Joe Burrow is going to keep it within a score for at least most of the game, I think. 
Mm-hmm. If, even if he goes down double gi- digits, he's going to pry his way back through the second half. Right. It's going to keep AJ Brown relevant in this offense, probably up until like halfway through the fourth quarter. Absolutely. The, uh, the Bengals are a scrappy enough team that this game, I, I don't think will be a blowout and that will keep the Titans pushing yeah. offensively, especially with the, the amount that their defense I'm sure will give up. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure the line on this game is only four. So even, even the betting world's coming around saying like, yeah, since he's going to lose, but I mean, they're going to scrap, they're going to stay in this game. Right. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's it's six and a half currently. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was wrong. But still, I mean, it's not within it's, a touchdown. Uh, th- yeah. It's within a touchdown. It's not a blowout by any means is what people are expecting. Um, so where did you have – who did you have for your number 10? Sorry. Who did you have for Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs? Okay. Yes. All right. Uh, I thought that we both uh, agreed with Keenan Allen too because uh, mm-hmm. Keenan Allen was ranked around uh, – I, I want to <clears> say he was in the teens uh, with the expert rankings. But I yeah, still, but I mean yeah, – This is a he good was, matchup he was, for him. You also got to remember that in those rankings, Julio was in them. Right. Calvin Ridley was Calvin in them. Yeah. Um, Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson. DJ Moore. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Allen is without question a top 10 play. Um, yeah. he's, he's Herbert's go-to guy. Like it's not even, it's not, it's not really a close second Correct. in that, in that passing offense. So um, one name that I had in the 10 that you did not, and we've talked about it before mm-hmm. uh, Mike Evans. Okay. I, I, with God, when Godwin hasn't played, Evans has been productive. He has. And he has. Chris Godwin is out this week. Right. Where, where also, do you have uh, where do you have Mike Evans? I have it I have him at nine. Okay. I have him just just outside the top ten. Yeah, I I've got him at nine. Mm-hmm. Um if if Antonio Brown would have been activated for this game, he would have dropped probably out of my top 15. Mm-hmm. Um because we all know Brady's fanboy obsession with Antonio Brown. Um, you know, I think, I think Evans could put out a top eight. I don't see top five, but a top eight week this week. Um, God went out. I mean, Scotty Miller had a game last week, so mm-hmm. <clears throat> maybe this is the week he, he stinks it up. Um, I, 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 I like Evans this week. I'd like if you're rolling with Evans as your wide receiver one into this week, I, I, I think you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. And, you know, we had talked earlier about how Mike Evans fantasy relevance for the season was shot with Chris Godwin coming, going, going back on the field. And now that he's back out, uh, well, Mike Evans has found relevancy again and we'll see sure. if it remains and endures with Antonio Brown coming into the play. Um but they after after the Tampa Bay bye in week 13, Tampa Bay's week 14, 15, and 16 games, which is where most of uh, most of you guys listening have their have your fantasy playoffs, they are playing against uh, Minnesota, Atlanta, and Detroit. It does not get much better as far as matchups go for the playoffs. Uh, so I would go ahead and say with Chris Godwin breaking a finger, we don't know the extent of the injury. He's going to be out at least one week. He had surgery to repair it. My guess is he'll be out probably closer to three or four weeks. Um, it'll it'll be interesting to see if Mike Evans actually does does find a way to have uh, fantasy relevance. Yeah, 
So let's go ahead and do the uh, back half there, or the top 20. All right. Uh, okay. So 11 at Cooper Cup. 12, Travis Fulgham. 13, Justin Jefferson. Okay. 14, Robert Woods. 15, Tyler Boyd. 16, Brandon Ayuk. 17, Amari Cooper. 18, Marquise Brown. 19, Jarvis Landry. And at 20, I have T Higgins. Okay. Um, yeah, we, we have pretty close lists there as far as the who's on it. Number 11 for me is Mike Evans. Uh, at 12, I have Robert Woods. Um, but, I mean, where I have Robert Woods is essentially where you have Cooper Cup and vice mm-hmm. versa. Yep. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, I have a little higher, I think, than you did at 13. Uh, I do like – I do like – his matchup and his and the potential for him to get some volume this week. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson at 14, a great, great young player there in Minnesota. Cooper Cup at 15, Tyler Boyd at 16, T. Higgins at 17. And Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are starting to kind of do the the Robert Woods and, and Cooper Cup dance. We're not quite sure which one of those two guys is going to come out, come out ahead any given week. Uh, Jarvis Landry at 18. And then at 19 and 20, Another pair of teammates, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Deontay Johnson really needs to learn how to stay on the fucking field for a whole game, though, before I'm going to throw him in my top 20. Um, Chase Claypool was a guy that I I, kind of wrestled around with for the 19-20 slot. Um, Mm -hmm. But given given his matchup, uh, T. Higgins has a more favorable matchup than he does. Um, I, I I like your 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 point about Ayuk. Ayuk, I have him at 15, you have him at 13. Um, you know, he's going up against a really bad defense, and this is gonna be a game where the 49ers are going to have to score a lot to stay in it. Mm-hmm. Um plus Brandon Ayuk with Debo Samuel expected to miss at least two games. Um Ayuk has already this season filled Debo's role and been used in the passing game like Debo would and being used in like the jet sweep games and in the rushing, like I I like his matchup. I agree. 13, 15 is not a huge drop off. And I think the, you know, it is what it is. Um, But you've got to throw like my sleep. I, I got one sleeper, one bus for the wide receiver position this week. Okay. My one sleeper actually is a third member of a receiving core is it juju no is it aj green it's aj green okay aj green came in this year kind of you know kind of rusty not really knowing what the fuck was going on got a high target share through Mm -hmm. the first two games Mm -hmm. um and then it dropped off yeah, he it wasn't producing. Off. He had a lot of targets, but very little to show for. Yeah, and and for three straight games, he following the first two weeks, the next three games he only saw eleven targets. Mm-hmm. Or I'm sorry, twelve targets. And that was when everyone crept into the okay. AJ Green is probably done as not only a fantasy relevant wide receiver, but re- really like a a relevant wide receiver for the Bengals. I won't say in the NFL, um, 
But that after week two, that was when Tyler Boyd started emerging more in that pass offense. T. Higgins, mm-hmm. but like Joe Mixon was get a, getting a lot more work in the passing game too. Um, but the last two weeks, man, 11 targets and then 13 targets. And he was able to do a, a fair amount with what he, what he saw. Correct. You know, the, he had 13 targets last week. He had 13 targets in week two as well. In week two, he had three catches for 29 yards. Last week, he took 13, turned it into seven catches for 82 yards. He has yet to find the end zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I would say this is the week that A.J. Green finds the end zone for the first time this year. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know that we're, we're including the, uh, the offensive pass interference that he had too. Uh, I think that was in one of the first couple of weeks there. Yes. One maybe. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't have a problem with that sleeper pick my sleeper pick. Uh, well, for one, I have two, uh, just outside of my top 20 is Allen Robinson, who is still rated even after being cleared for, um, from concussion protocol, he's rated at 34 and look, I get it. The bears are just a mess. They're playing against a decent team. Yeah. Allen Robinson isn't going to like blow your socks off but he's still gonna have enough volume to at least have to warrant having a low-end wide receiver two floor so i have alan robson just outside my top 20 i think he's gonna outplay his uh third the current ranking of 34 and then my other sleeper is Traycon smith out of new orleans because right we already know michael thomas isn't playing yep if, if he ever plays i mean goodness that's been the most lingering injury ever um, and then we already know that Emmanuel Sanders, uh, has the COVID deal going on. So he's not playing. Okay. So that happened last week and we saw Mark Marquez Calloway come in and steal the thunder for Traquan Smith. Well, guess what? Marquez Calloway is out, has been ruled out for week eight with an ankle injury. <laughs> there is literally no one else for Drew Brees to throw to than Traquan Smith and Jimmy Graham. So Jared Cook, excuse me. Yes. Jared Cook. You're right. Um, then Jared Cook and, uh, and Traquan Smith. So I do feel like uh, Traquan Smith currently ranked as 43 is going to have the volume to definitely be able to be uh, an outside shot at a top 25 ish play this week. Um, yeah. I mean, something's got it. Something's finally got to give. Yeah, or Tra- Traquan Smith because he's had a couple of games this year with, especially with Michael Thomas out, like where he was, he was projecting like wide receiver two numbers. Mm-hmm. Something's got to give, right? For Traquan, um, and 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 uh, fuck who you, uh, Allen Robinson, um, you know. That thirty-four designation, obviously, it's it's because he just cleared protocol today. Um, I don't think that thirty-four is where they actually have him ranked. Well, that was where he he was ranked, even when he was just as questionable. So right, but um, dude, like, yeah, it, it should go up. It should go up. It, uh, he was he entered protocol Wednesday. He was dropped to doubtful on Friday. Like most people were expecting him not to play as of yesterday. Um, okay. So that's where I think that 34 ranking is. If I had to reassess my rankings with it, I'd probably put him in the maybe the 18 to 20 range. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he, he Allen Robinson's problem is as a fantasy player is the fact that he can't find the end zone and not, not necessarily too much to his own fault. They can't move the ball. Right. right. And Allen Robinson commands a lot of that fucking attention in the passing game. Yeah. If you, it's like, you can, if you can't get it to him, then I guess we're just, we're going to go three and out and punt. It's, you know, the, the bears offense is a mess right now. And that has made it, I think it very frustrating for Allen Robinson fantasy owners. Um, and, you know, this is a guy that we had talked about as being quarterback proof, but at the end of the day, I'm not sure he's team proof and the bears are a bad enough team. It just eat, eats into his, his ceiling as a player. Yeah. I would love to see Allen Robinson traded and playing somewhere else or get a quarterback that knows how to give him the ball or get a replace Matt Nagy with someone that knows how to, how to find a decent offensive scheme. Well, I mean, this could be the year he's, I think he's in the last year of his deal. Um, mm. So, I mean, this could be the year that like he finally gets frustrated enough to where he just ups and leaves. Yeah. <clears throat> For busts, who you got? I got one and uh-huh. he, I have him ranked at 17 and it's not, I'm not, I'm not going to say he's a bust because it's essentially because the team itself is a fucking nightmare. It's a poor situation to be playing in right now. Amari Cooper. Yeah. You've got a fucking dude playing quarterback who we didn't even, we didn't know who the fuck he was up until last week. Danucci. Yeah. Danucci. Danucci. Has it been Danucci? Ben DiNucci, ben, yes. ben DiNucci. Um, I mean, Philly has been able to make a couple of bad opponents look good. It's not, I don't see it being, it, it, especially with how badly they got beaten by the fucking football team mm-hmm. last week. I, I, I don't see this being a close game. I see this being an ugly game. Um, and with that, Amari Cooper could very easily fall out of the top 25 for me. Um, I just, I, I, it's not, I, it's not because I have a lack of faith in Amari Cooper. I have a little bit of a lack of faith in Amari Cooper on the road and they are on the road this week. Uh, It's I, I have no faith in that entire team as a whole. Yeah. It's uh it's I got for my bust in the receiving position, literally any Dallas pass catcher. Yeah. Yeah. CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, uh, the Dalton Schultz, all those guys yeah. are bust potentials. Uh, another one that I got as well from a different team, though, because I know we already hit, hit on Dallas quite a bit, is Devontae Parker from Miami. He's rated, uh, I believe, right around the top 25. I, I don't, I don't trust, I don't trust it. Now with Tua starting, I don't trust Tua yet. Um, I have a hard time uh, trusting quarterbacks that come in mid-year without anything to show for. Um, I mean, he, so far, to his credit, both rookie quarterbacks that made big, that were drafted high, Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, have come in and had very successful campaigns. Mm-hmm. The odds that all three highly drafted quarterbacks are going to come in and be successful. Very unlikely. That is statistically very improbable. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes. But I I have to hold off on Devonte Parker for a bit. If you have um, two better two two other receivers, or you're looking at him and someone that's kind of on that similar tier as Devonte Parker, I would go with the other option. I 
I agree. Um, I think his ranking is kind of fair. Um, Cause I mean, we saw, it, we've seen it with both mm-hmm. the two high, the two high drafted quarterbacks that you're talking about, Joe Burrow mm-hmm. and Justin Herbert. What's the one thing they both did in their first couple of starts? Uh, they, they favored a, a receiver, right? A, they f- a they veteran fa- receiver. They favored the, the presumed veteran wide receiver one. Right. With Herbert favoring Allen and Joe Burrow favoring AJ Green for those first mm-hmm. two games, I could very easily like I think twenty five is a fair ranking for him right now. Mm-hmm. I think there's more upside than downside though with him um, because I could easily see Tua looking for Devontae Parker predominantly through this game. You think over? I don't know because you also got to look at Preston Williams is there. Sure. And I think Mike Gusecki is going to get a lot of love, especially against the Rams who are going to have Jalen Ramsey covering Devontae Parker, and they're going to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I think he's going to be looking at safety outlets, uh, his tight end and his uh, running backs coming out of the backfield. I think those guys are, are, are going to get a lot of love uh, from Tua in this game. Uh, Yeah, I could see it. I just I, I think 25 is fair, and, and if he hits 25, I would almost – at this point, I'd feel like I wouldn't necessarily say this bust right now given he's going into this game with a rookie quarterback. 25 is a fair ranking for him. I think there – but like I said, I think there's more upside to Devontae Parker than there is for Preston Williams. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, anything else you got for for wide receivers? No, I think I am good on the wide receiver position, my friend. Um, yeah, man. I avoid, avoid Dallas pass catchers at all costs. Absolutely. All right. And that means it is now time to get to the tight ends. Everyone stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And it is time to talk about the tight ends. Uh, Tyler, what do you got going on there in that position? Oh, okay. I was doing something else. So was... <clears throat> All right. Yeah, tight ends. All right. Yeah. Here we go, buddy. <laughs> I was clicking away on my computer, and you just decided to start this one. Uh, number one, I have a Travis Kelsey. And I already know the argument you're going to make against that, and that's fine. Uh, two, I have George Kittle. Uh-huh. Three, uh, Darren Waller. Four, uh, Mark Andrews, five, Johnu Smith, six. Um, it's starting to look like we may have been wrong. Gronk. Oh, Gronk, yeah. Seven, Hunter Henry, eight, Jared Cook, nine, Noah Fant, 10, TJ Hawkinson, 11, Mike Asicki, and number 12, Tanyan for Green Bay. Hmm. Our lists actually look pretty similar here. Uh, <clears throat> Number one, so my top three, Kittles, Andrews, Kelsey. Um, I think any given week, any one of those three could be the top guy. Uh, I like Kittles matchup against the Seahawks the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he can he can do a lot. Andrews is going to be in a game that's going to be very close. Uh, he's going to obviously, I think, get called on a lot throughout that game. And uh, Kelsey, I mean, Kelsey's going to have a huge advantage against the Jets. It's just a matter of how competitive will the Jets make this game. Number four, Waller. Five, Johnny Smith, which I think is where you had him. 
Yep. Uh, six also got Gronk, and yep. I think we we got to eat a little bit of crow here because a little bit. Yeah. No, we definitely did not see Gronk being fantasy relevant at all, and he is firmly in the top ten of tight ends currently. He's had two good weeks mm-hmm. consecutively. Correct. Uh, <clears throat> at seven, I got Cook, Jared Cook. Okay. Because uh, I just because they're <clears throat> so they're so. Uh, Injured at the receiver position. Sure. Yeah, he's yeah. going to get some uh, some volume. Yeah, I can see it. Mm-hmm. Eight, I got Hunter Henry. Nine, Noah Fant. T- Ten, TJ Hawkinson. Eleven, I got Rodgers. And mm. uh, yeah, uh, for Philip Philly. Yep. And uh, 12, I got Kaseki. I mean, we all know Wentz loves his tight ends, and we know that Dallas sucks at defense. So. But here's the thing. A couple hours ago, the Philadelphia Eagles are expected to activate Dallas Goddard, and he is oh. supposed to be available. I had I originally had uh, Rogers at eleven. Oh, okay, he he dropped out once I figured once I saw that um, <clears throat> Dallas Goddard is supposed to be active this week. I see. Yeah, I was Rich tracking Rogers. Goddard was not yeah. going to be active. So now that, that was, I've been told that. Uh, I, I agree with you. I'm moving Kaseki to 11, mm-hmm. and at 12, I'm yeah, I'm gonna roll with Tanya in as well. Uh, because one of my sleepers was was Rogers, um, mm-hmm. and honestly, I'm I'm okay keeping him as a sleeper pick because when mm-hmm. Zach Ertz was active, Goddard was getting a lot of the love. Now Goddard's gonna be the one, and Rogers is gonna be feeling filling Goddard's role I, I there are better options to go with at the tight end position um one one being uh uh fucking good burton trey burton trey burton all a good matchup mm-hmm. um philip rivers loves his tight ends and yeah. i mean goddamn, the last time we saw trey burton take the field he got a rushing touchdown so right. how about that yeah, I got I got Trey Burton as one of my sleepers. I also got I also got Jimmy Graham as a sleeper. Uh there against New Orleans. New Orleans uh has some really good spots on defense. They do have some weaknesses on defense, and one of those big weaknesses is covering tight ends. They've really struggled to cover tight ends so far this season. Jimmy Graham uh in Chicago, their offense is a bit unpredictable, but I do think he is going to be a, a red zone target for them. Yeah, and Jimmy Graham is a huge boomer bust mm-hmm. type of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, could I see him getting into the end zone? Sure. Mm-hmm. I just Jimmy Graham is not someone I'm confident rolling with week in and week out, expecting you know any kind kind of like top ten type of production every week. Right. Right. Trey Burton is rated as the uh, number 19 tight end. And I do think he is probably your best sleeper pick. Mm -hmm. Now, Detroit, just like New Orleans, is surprisingly bad at covering tight ends. Detroit is surprisingly good at covering tight ends. It's just everywhere everywhere else across the field they're getting burned. So Trey Burton uh, doesn't have the best matchup, but he's clearly shown to be a favorite target there in Indianapolis. And one of those guys that they can use in multiple sets and multiple positions, they can move him around. Like you said, he, he scored a rushing touchdown. Well, and it's it's not only that. 
Indianapolis runs a lot of two tight end sets. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you can cover one, but can you cover both? And if you can cover both, that means one of the wide receivers is wide open. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so I, 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 I would, I would, if you're looking for a flyer, if you're looking for someone not in that top 12, mm-hmm. tr- you could do a lot worse than Trey Burton. How do, how do you feel about Evan Ingram this week against Tampa Bay? He He's rated at 15. That's more or less where I got him to. Uh, would you, would you pick him up if you were, if you're streaming for someone or do you still, I don't, I don't trust anyone, especially going up against the number two defense in the NFL. Evan Ingram hasn't been able to get anything done against bad defenses, Mm -hmm. let alone a a top tier defense in the NFL. No, I, I wouldn't be trusting that at all. Um, if you're, if you're streaming and you're looking below the top 12, you need to be basing your streaming pick a, a, a heavy percentage of it a heavy percentage of it being on the matchup mm-hmm. <clears throat> and right. evan ingram against tampa bay is a horrible matchup mm-hmm. <clears throat> um another another name that you could throw out there again if you're desperate streaming for someone harrison bryant for cleveland sure it does yeah. look like he's going to be getting the start uh, over Najoku with Austin Hooper being out. So, yeah. I mean, Baker Mayfield does kind of rely a bit on those, on those tight ends. It's probably the most uh, reliable of the, of the passing options on, in, on the Cleveland team is probably the tight end position. So, sure. yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give him a, a look if I'm desperate. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're going up against a, a good matchup against, against the Raiders. Like, when you're well, – like I was just saying, if you're getting into the, the if you're if your starting tight end is on by or if you 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 are hurting at the tight end position and you are streaming week to week, mm-hmm. you need to be basing a lot of it honestly off matchup. Yeah, you need to be looking into their volume as well, but you need to look off of matchup. And uh, I mean, Bryant had two touchdowns last week when Njoku was the supposed fucking starter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, he would not be a bad play against a bad Raiders defense. And, uh, I mean, he came in at 12, but Tanyan is also a good matchup going up against Minnesota. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Tanyan's had, you know, he had a, what, three touchdown outing a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I- that was against yeah. you. In, that in was against me and our, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I would have won if, I, if that hadn't happened. Um, yeah. well, well it, it happens. Uh, who are you staying away from? Now, we already kind of talked about Evan Ingram. That, that's the guy that might be available for you that we would caution against. I agree with you. I don't like that matchup against Tampa Bay. I don't like his lack of consistency in production this year. And then I also got to throw out Dalton Schultz. Like, he, he, he's got a great matchup against an Eagles team that has bled points to tight ends, but you can't trust any pass catcher with, with the Cowboys right now. You just can't, you can't like Danucci is going to go to the big name, like to whatever name, big name is available. And um, like he legitimately had, he had his first pass last week to Amari Cooper. It was a dime. And then after that, Nothing. He looked horrible. He yeah. he looked like a third string quarterback, and that's what he's going to look like this week. 
I, I get it. It's a, it's a, for tight ends, it's a favorable matchup against Philly given their bad play at linebacker, but they have a good secondary. They have a good front for avoid. I would have not just the pet avoid anyone on that offense this week. I understand you have to start Zeke because he was a first round talent, but that's really the only playable cowboy. And I'm not playing. I have to play him. I I have, I have him drafted on my team, and I am not playing him with confidence. I I am. You shouldn't throwing him out there because I mean I got. I got I'm happy you're option. playing him. Yeah, yeah. No, you should be. Yeah. So, um, I think I think that anything else you see with tight ends? Well, so my bust this week, and when you ask like who do you avoid, mm-hmm. you, it. it much like Zeke, you can't avoid starting this guy because he's a top three guy projected every week. And to get him, you had to burn at least a fourth or a fifth rounder on him. Who's that? I, I hate Mark Andrews's. No, I just agree I, with you. He's going to have a big week. How do you figure? He is the predominant fucking figure in that offense through absolutely weeks of the season. What's Pittsburgh going to take away? Lamar Jackson's number one op- option. Look, he is going to be just too involved as far as targets go. He's going to get a lot of targets this game. I get it. I get it. Neither team's players look like they have good matchups because the other team has a great defensive squad. But this game is going to be more offensive than people realize. And that offense has to come from somewhere. And Mark Andrews is as good a bet as anyone on that Ravens team for where Lamar Jackson is going to be throwing the ball. I think he's going to see a lot of double coverage. I think, especially when you're talking, because I think the fantasy consensus had him at three. Yeah, I believe so. I had him at four. Yeah, he's Um, at three. I don't see him as a top five play this week. And saying that is bust worthy when you're talking about such a limited tight end sure. position group. When you're talking about, I do not see him being a top five, uh, top five finish this week. Well, why you got, why you got him ranked number four? You can't put him at number four and say, he's not going to be top five. Because when you're looking at, when you're looking at Nate, like I dropped him from three to four. Could he finish top five? Absolutely. But he is my bust. He is my bust. I could easily see people like Johnu and Gronk, Jared Cook, especially mm-hmm. having better days than, than Mark Andrews. I, Mark, I, I just, Mark I, Andrews I, is too much of a touchdown threat, too much of a volume receiving tight end uh, for me to ever really think of him as a bust, especially when they're playing a big matchup game, they're going to go to their go-to guys and Mark Andrews is as go-to as it gets. But do you not think that a coach like Mike Tomlin knows who they're going to go to? Sure. And it's one thing, look, it's one thing to game plan to stop them. It's another thing to actually do it right. When you have great teams, which both these teams are, they're going to have their best players, and they're going to go to, they're going to find a way, even when the defense knows where they're going, they're still going to go there and they're going to find not success every time, but they're going to find some success. I, I really believe that Mark Andrews is going to have, you're looking at in the ballpark of five or six catches, 60 to 70 yards, and a touchdown snag. 
Okay. I, I, I see more of the touchdown than the yardage, but all right. I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, I, that, 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 that's just my own personal opinion. Okay. Like I can't, I can't persuade anyone one way or another. I just, I, I feel like Mark Andrews is going to be a heavy focal point for the pit, for the Pittsburgh defense. And I, I feel like he's, he, they're going to try to erase him from the game plan because Lamar Jackson has not looked that great getting the ball down the field to his receivers this year. Yeah. No, he hasn't. He hasn't. Mark Andrews has been his check down safety blanket. I think Pittsburgh is going to dial it up and make and force Lamar Jackson to beat them over the top. Lamar Jackson, by the way, has yet to have a top three finish in the quarterback position for fantasy. Uh, he's been number four, number five, and number six. And aside from that, he's been 18 or worse in, in half the games. He has not yeah. played like we, we thought he would. Um, he, last year, he was far and away the number one player in fantasy football. He is he is nowhere near that. Um that said, he still commands enough of a threat passing and running that it makes it hard for teams, even when they know who their his favorite receivers are, to necessarily commit to full double teams to the tight end because they do need to commit a guy to spying on him. And that does affect your, your numbers when you're looking at your matchups and who, who you can afford to use for double teaming. Sure. I, I, I'm, I'm excited for that game. I think it's that's going to be the game of the week. Um, that That's going to be a lot of fun to watch that one. So anything else you got to say on tight ends? No. Uh, I mean, the tight end conversation is pretty short. Yeah. Let's take a quick pick here, quick peek here, sorry, at defense and special teams. Is there anyone that you love? Um, I mean, outside of the obvious. <clears throat> Which is whoever's playing against the Jets. And that's yeah. Kansas City. <laughs> in Tampa Bay's uh, – Tampa, Tampa Bay against the Philly, Giants. Philly yeah. against Dallas. Um, I, I, you got to like the Rams against Miami. I do – yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a good matchup. Mm-hmm. Unless Tua is the real deal and starts slinging the ball, um, I, I don't understand how Pittsburgh's matchup is rated that high. But okay, I do like Green Bay's matchup against Minnesota. Um, Kirk Cousins is prone to make a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that, like outside of the the completely obvious. There, uh, Buffalo at New England, yeah, sure. Cam Newton's fucking terrible, mm-hmm. and this is also a New England defense that has lost to Fon Gilmore, so yeah. he's not playing this week either. So, yeah, uh, I, I do not like Baltimore or or Pittsburgh hell for no. defenses. Hell it's, no, it's too unpredictable. They they could, it could be a defensive sh- sh- showdown. It very well could be. I'm but betting I, that it's not. No, me, I've too. got dude. I I I. I, I in our, in our work league that we share mm-hmm. a team in, we have Baltimore and we have the Chargers, and I'm starting the Chargers. Like that's what I'm doing too, and that's what I'm doing in our in our money league. 
it's not even close because mm-hmm. no Baltimore is going to get points put up on them. Yes. yes. Uh, it's, it's not going to be as defensive of a game as a, a lot of people are really thinking it's going to be right. I'm um, thinking this game is going to be closer to like a 27 and 24 type of a finish. You obviously yeah. have the Steelers taking it. I have the Ravens, um, but 27, 24, that ballpark of a score. How the fuck are the Giants rated four out of five stars? But they're projected in F. Mm, I'm trying to look here to see which whoever which... is running this consensus is retarded. Where, well, which uh, side are you looking at? Fantasy pros. So the Giants. If you look at their fucking defensive matchup, they're down to 24 out of 28, and they have. Four stars in matchup. No, the matchup four stars is tells you Tampa Bay. That just they're just going off of how many points Tampa Bay usually gives to defenses. Okay. Yeah. But Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay's defense has four stars in favor of the Giants. Right. That's how many points the Giants on average. So that's ranked, right? So they're four out of five. They're in around the 80th percentile. Yeah, it's retarded. Okay. Yeah. That's just that's just telling you who their opponent, what their opponent usually does on average as far as giving up points. That's what that rating is telling you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's why we're here. We're here to live and we're here to learn. Like yeah. I that's what we do. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. And hopefully you learn from us this week uh, about who to start in fantasy, who to sit. Hopefully we're able to give you some feedback that will uh, not just be useful, but help you get the win in your league. We wish everyone the best of luck in their competitions this week. Uh, unless of course you're playing against us. And since we're playing against each other this week, fuck you. That's not how we end this. How do we end this? You and I are playing each other for the only game potentially up until the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, you willing to put a wager down? My kicker already put up 13. Uh, are you trying to flex your kicker on me? Is that what just happened? You're I trying mean, to flex a kicker? Young Hui Koo fucking outscored both Gurley and Calvin Ridley, who I also have. Yeah. Well, he was one of the top options in that Atlanta offense. I mean, you want to put a wager on this game. I'm riding a three-game hot streak. You're the highest scoring league uh, team in the league in our league, but yet I'm in second place. Uh, let's see what kind of odds are you going to give me here because you are favored. I'm not giving you any by, odds. Oh, well, then why would I make a wager? You're, fa- you're you're favored. Why would I? Why would I take an even bet? How many times have you been favored and lost through this season? Not very as many. the highest scoring team in the league. Not very many. Well, you know that sounds like a you problem. No, I, look. I'm not. I'm not gonna as the underdog take even odds. That makes no sense. Make me a wager then. Hmm. All right. Twelve pack of reds for twelve of my IPAs. I'll counter. I get a 15 pack in the cans for a 12 pack of your 
whatever the fuck ungodly, unnecessary shit you drink. Deal. We can settle on that. Okay. Deal. All right. So there you have it, folks. You heard you it here. You are going to get smoked, bro. I will see. You are going to get smoked, dude. I, I, it's, it's, it's coming. We'll you see. needed, you needed more from Gurley when Calvin Ridley went out. I'm, it, yeah, it's over. Okay. Huh. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. You, you, you have a team full of perennial, weekly underachievers. So. Excuse me. Yeah. No, you heard me. You heard me. Wentz, who has been. 20 points for the last three weeks. Devontae, who just had a monster game and is going up an even worse fucking defense. Um, yeah, Hunter Henry, yeah, he is my one underachiever. You are correct. Uh, Connor, oh, I, I didn't realize that Kareem Hunt was exceeding expectations for when Nick Chubb you, went down. You are right, but he's yeah. putting up double digits. Like, it is what it is, buddy. We'll I will – uh, and, and and I don't want my 15 pack with the black cherry in it. I prefer the the the, the peach. Um, so just keep an eye out for that. I will look for the the peach flavored reds apple. I will look for that for you. Yeah, well, I mean, but it also has the strawberry and the regular. Oh, red. okay, got gotcha. the it's, strawberry. It's the the you, strawberry you, and the peach. Got it. You you should know. Seeing uh-huh. as how you've already had to buy them for me this year because you are fucking terrible at this. Uh-huh. Strawberry and peach. Ale. Note of that. It's more of a cider than an ale. It's a it's cider. an ale. It's it, called it's a, it's a cider. If it was a cider, it'd be called Red's Apple Cider. No, it is called it's, Red's it's Apple Cider. It's ale. a hard cider. Incorrect, my friend. It's a hard cider. It's an ale. Uh, well, but Okay, we're gonna need our listeners to like Resolve oh, this conversation for us. Let it's us know in the t- name. It's in us, the name. Let us know on Twitter. Is name. it a cider? Is it a nail? Let them let them decide. Just read the name. At Just unsport name. comment. At unsport comment. At your fucking know. idiot. It's in the name. It's uh not at your fucking idiot. That's you will not find us there because neither of us are idiots. You can find him there. Except except you, maybe a little bit. Uh, incorrect, sir. Yeah, I'm uh-huh. sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. My statistics mm-hmm. speak for them fucking selves on this goddamn podcast. Okay, you've you've got like a little bit of a hot streak going. I wouldn't like allow that to go to your head. Uh, All right. Okay. Don't All don't right. no. Don't don't overinflate the cranium there. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Whatever, dude. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Okay. Now, yeah. Wrap it up. But wrap it up. Okay. Sure. Sure. All right. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. You know, you know the drill. There's a ton of podcast apps out there, and we're pretty much on all of them. Uh, Tyler, any last words? Am I allowed to speak? I suppose. Oh, thank you, my gracious lord. Mm -hmm. For the faithful podcast, every. Monday evening-ish on the same uh, podcast platforms that we are on at TKLEIN49ers on Twitter. Let me know and you know, hit me up. Let me know what you think. And, uh, yeah, the, this bald douchebag sitting across from me on the screen right here. All right. Happy Halloween, everyone. Have a great night. Good luck in fantasy. Ooh.